are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What the Pell is up, everybody? You may recognize that intro. If you don't, I am Elliot Clough of the Pelicans Plus podcast. I'm also an NBA writer for Boot Crew Media, largely covering the Pelicans. I'm filling in for Jake Madison, who is backpacking across Canada. So today, we're talking a little bit about the lead assistant or any other additions to the staff in New Orleans now that Willie Green is a virtual lock to be the next head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans. Once you get a quote, or yes, a quote or a tweet from Andrew Lopez or from Adrian Wojnarowski, it's pretty much a done deal. These guys typically don't report anything unless they believe it to truly be done. And Andrew does great work. We know that. He's been on this podcast with Jake. And then, of course, Woj is known pretty much throughout the entire world for doing what he does in covering the NBA. So, with that said, we know Willie Green is the choice. There's there's very little doubt that he becomes the next head coach of New Orleans Pelicans. And so today, who we're going to talk about as a possible lead assistant, a rumored lead assistant that could be under Willie Green in New Orleans, is Sam Mitchell. Mitchell is rumored to this position, and it was first reported by Dane Moore. Moore covers the Timberwolves for Blue Wire Pods, and this was the last position that Sam Mitchell had as a head coach in the NBA. He was with the T-Wolves, and he's been in the NBA as a player and as a coach for a very long time. He got his start in the league at 1989. He was drafted by the Rockets in 1985, but was stashed and then ultimately sent to the Timberwolves once the Timberwolves were made an expansion team in Minneapolis. He's got career averages of 8.7 points per game, 1.1 assists, and 3.7 rebounds. His career in the NBA spanned from 1989 to 2002. So he put up those numbers in total over 13 years. He played with the Timberwolves and the Pacers over the entirety of his career and also spent a couple years in Europe overseas playing before that. Mitchell got his start as an NBA coach with the Bucks as an assistant and was there from 2002 to 2004. So over that time period, he was at first under George Carl, and then after that, Terry Porter. After his time with the Bucks ended, Mitchell already found himself in a head coaching position after two years as an assistant in the league. He played and pretty much right away turned around and decided to start coaching, and the Raptors saw him as a candidate to be their next head coach. Toronto then hired him, and he was there from 2004 to 2008. Over that four-year span, he amassed 156-189 record and was the coach of the year in the 2006-2007 season. That when the Raptors went 47-35. and Those were the times that Chris Bosh was on the team, for those who are unaware. The roster that year that they had that winning season, 47-35, and that roster is pretty lackluster, if we're being honest. Andre Bargnani, Jose Calderon, TJ Ford, Chris Humphreys, and a young PJ Tucker along with Chris Bosh. Winning that many games with that roster is pretty damn impressive. 
So Mitchell, while he didn't have the greatest overall record in his tenure as a head coach with the Raptors, had that one absolutely glowing year, 47-35, and 35, and he did get to coach an incredibly talented player in Chris Bosh before he would then move to the Miami Heat and retire as a member of the Heat. After he was let go in Toronto, Mitchell moved on and began his tenure as an assistant with the New Jersey Nets. That was from 2010 to 2012, so he was under Avery Johnson there, a very well-respected head coach in the NBA and in collegiate basketball as well, former coach for the Mavericks, and then, of course, he coached the Pels point guard, Kyra Lewis, in his collegiate days at Alabama, so a little bit of a connection there. Mitchell then joined the T-Wolves staff from 2014 to 2016, and he was the head coach for the Timberwolves from 2015 to 2016 season as Flip Saunders, who was his boss prior to that, was receiving treatment for Hodgkin's lymphoma. Over that amount of time, Sam Mitchell went 29-53, and and after that, Mitchell was ultimately replaced by Tom Thibodeau to be the next head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. So over that time that he was with the Timberwolves, like I said, he was under Flip Saunders, not an incredibly talented roster that the Timberwolves had at that point in time. Some of the names you'll probably recognize and be like, that's not a talented roster, but we have to remember the context and the year that this was. 2015-2016, where they went 29-53, and 53, a very, very old Kevin Garnett, who had played 20 years in the NBA at that point in time, was on that team. Zach Levine, who was a rookie at that point in time, rather a second-year player out of UCL, UCLA. Kevin Martin, an 11-year vet. Andre Miller, a 16-year vet. Uh, Nikola Pekovic, if anybody remembers that. Tayshawn Prince, a 13-year vet. Ricky Rubio, a very average player. And then, of course, Carl Anthony Towns, who was a rookie at that point in time. He played all 82 games that year, believe it or not. And then Andrew Wiggins, who was a second-year player out of Kansas at that point in time. We know Wiggins to be a very... He's a player that appears to lack gumption and a real desire to win. So while you might recognize some of those names on that roster, the 2015-2016 Timberwolves were not going to be good no matter who they were coached by. And Sam Mitchell... This is really to no fault of him and, and not an indication of the type of coach that he is. If he was held around for another season, honestly, personally, I think he may have very well done better than Tom Thibodeau. We know how that T-Wolves, Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins situation was handled under Thibodeau and how it blew up. So Sam Mitchell, who's known around the league as a guy who can cultivate relationships he may very well have been the coach to be the best with Jimmy Butler and the rest of that roster. Anyway, coming up next in just a second, we'll be talking a little bit more about Sam Mitchell and his previous relationship with Zion, question mark? Don't go anywhere. All right, we'll be back with more from Elliot here in just a second. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Michelob Ultra. And it's time for the Ultra moment of the week. Really, there's like only one thing this could be. And that is the block that Giannis had on DeAndre Ayton last night, which might be the greatest block in NBA Finals history, by the way. I was in bed watching this game while on vacation. I want to catch up with what was going on. Basically, I just started screaming. I was so excited about it. Brought me joy, brought me happiness, filled the game with more enjoyment. It was kind of a 
weird game-ish um, that looked like a later game in the playoff series than it should have been. But then you get this, which is, I think, in my opinion, better than the LeBron James block on Iguodala. More difficult to block a guy like DeAndre Ayton, who's going up for a dunk. Absolutely incredible. And look, it's like Michelob Ultra says, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And the Bucks tied the series up 2-2 at this point. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, Joey creates success and enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. And again, at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, you can all enjoy a Michelob Ultra a little bit more during the finals here. So, more casual fans, those who really strictly follow the Pelicans rather than the NBA as a whole, you might not recognize this name, Sam Mitchell. And believe it or not, he's got more ties to these Pelicans than one might think. But before we truly detail those connections, there is one thing that we do want to talk about here with Sam Mitchell and his experience as a coach, just in basketball in general, not even necessarily in the NBA. So Mitchell was initially the choice to be the G League Ignite team head coach. Ultimately, Brian Shaw was chosen for the position over him. And as far as I can tell from the research I've done, it's solely because Mitchell and the Ignite weren't able to put together a deal. And in, in, in my mind's eye, that's not the worst thing in the world. Ultimately, like I said, Shaw was chosen and I think Shaw was an excellent choice. He was rumored to be in the running for a few other NBA head coaching jobs like the Pacers, where Rick Carlisle was ultimately hired. I think the Magic might have said something about that. I, I believe he played for the Magic back in the day. But for now, he is still in the G League. And he, David Fisdale, and Sam Mitchell were rumored to be possibly chosen for the job. Ultimately, Shaw got it. But prior to... Mitchell being unable to reach a deal with the G League Ignite, he was chosen probably largely because he had coached Jalen Green before. Green we know to be a consensus top five pick at, at the very least. He's probably going to be top three. And for Mitchell to be a top choice in that scenario, I think says a lot about his relationship with Jalen Green. He had coached him before on an Adidas youth team and the relationship was there. And I'm also, I'm sure Green advocated for him. In this article that I saw by Adam Zagoria from Forbes, Mitchell had some awesome quotes that I think can translate to a lead assistant job. And there's three that I'll read from this article right off the bat that I, I really enjoyed and I think that fit well with this young roster in New Orleans. He said, there's a lot of things to being a pro other than being able to dribble and shoot and pass. How do you handle playing time? All of these kids are not going to be the number one player on their team when they're drafted day one. And being on this team, the way it's going to be constructed, they're going to have to learn all these things. Yeah, it's for their development, for their growth, but it's also going to teach them a lot of life skills and professional skills that they're going to need to navigate throughout the NBA if they want a long career. The coach is there to get these kids better, not just these young kids, but the guys who make up the veterans on the roster. It's for everyone to get better, and it will behoove you in the way the coaches are going to coach. It's about team basketball. Now, personally, I think that definitely translates to the Pelicans, who have a mix of young players and older players, and we don't know what the roster is going to look like for sure coming up here this season. A lot has yet to happen, but... I like those quotes, and I think it definitely pertains to these Pelicans. Now, in terms of the relationship with Zion and the Pelicans as a whole, Mitchell was rumored to be sort of in 
a possible running for a lead assistant with Alvin Gentry. I believe that was in 2017. So he's got a connection to the organization as a whole. But then secondly, much like a lot of you have probably seen now, a couple of clips circulated around Pell's Twitter of Zion being coached by Sam Mitchell. I'm assuming it, there was one and then there was another one where Mitchell was on NBA TV referencing his time coaching Zion. And I'm assuming, assuming it's a situation that was similar with Green in an elite high school setting. So if you haven't seen the video, he's looking around at some of these top young men in the nation and saying, we won this game, but it's not because you were disciplined. It's not because you played good basketball. We won it because of your talent. Now in the NBA, it's not going to be like that. You can be the number one guy and expect to win every single possession in camp. And Sam just straight up said, I was the guy who wasn't the number one recruit that was in the NBA, and I was out there kicking these guys' butts. And I definitely, definitely curbed my language a little bit there. He swore a bunch in the video, and it was awesome. He was definitely being clear and concise and making his point, but not being a jerk about it. And then this video that came out, after Zion's debut, it wasn't necessarily viral or anything like that. I just saw it on Twitter. But in the clip, Sam references his time coaching Zion when Zion was around some of the top players in the country that went to Kentucky, Duke, other schools in the SEC, the Pac-12, what have you. He said he had Zion playing point forward with some of the top players in the country because he can control the defender guarding him. He's willing to play the point guard position. The defense is going to collapse on him at the basket, and he's got excellent body control to finish. He said he can get you 30 in an efficient way, but he doesn't mind giving you 11 or 12 assists in an efficient way as well. This is amazing stuff from Mitchell, who clearly knows Zion, knows his game, and knows what he can bring to the table. Mitchell has a reputation of cultivating relationships, just like Willie Green in the NBA. And that's awesome. The one advantage that I gave Fred Vincent in the coaching search was that he had already made relationships with some of these players in New Orleans, with a lot of them, if not all of them. And we know that he built that trust with Brandon Ingram, with Lonzo Ball, with Zion, and that's absolutely huge. Now, the difference here for Willie is the fact that he hasn't been able to make relationships with anybody that's already on the roster in New Orleans unless something changes and players from former Warriors team or from former Suns teams and ultimately end up joining the Pelicans. But Sam Mitchell, he's already got a relationship with Zion. Fred Vinson, he's already got a relationship with Zion, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. So does Teaspoon. So bringing in a Willie Green, a Sam Mitchell, Green who doesn't know the roster as a whole, as individuals, but is able to lead collectively. Mitchell who's got a relationship with Zion, Teaspoon, and Fred Vinson. This is a quartet that can build amazing relationships with these players if they haven't already been built and they can continue to help these guys grow because that trust has been cultivated if sam mitchell if fred vinson if teaspoon all trust willie green that relates to these young guys trusting willie green as well now it's not a guarantee that sam mitchell will be the choice to be the next lead assistant for the pelicans so in just one second, we'll talk about a few other possible lead assistants that I think would fit really well in New Orleans. 
So we'll get into more assistant coaching talk next here on Locked On Pelicans. But before we do that, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models out there, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you might need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the part on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You got access to computers. When you can go to rockauto.com, they're at your home, they're in your pocket on your phone too. Save time and money when using rockauto.com because you don't want to choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and their prices are always reliably low for every customer. If everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet in their website is super easy to use. So go there right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The playoffs are here. We're in the NBA Finals, and you can get in on the action over at betonline.ag. Plus, you can get all the latest news and odds for all sports, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. You don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore. The NBA Finals are tied to Two, two here. And if you're feeling good about the Suns or the Bucks getting back into the series, well, now is the time to strike over at betonline.ag. So head to the website using your mobile device, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. Again, that is promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. It's already like you've won a bet over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, here we are in this third and final segment of today's episode of Locked on Pelicans with your guest host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. And what we're going to be talking about here is potential other lead assistants or assistants in general that could be brought in to be a part of Willie Green's staff in New Orleans. Now, there are three guys that have been head coaches before. Four if you count Dave Jorger, but eh. He didn't have a great tenure as a head coach. And the first one is Brett Brown. Now, Brett Brown is coming off a little bit of time with the 76ers where his reputation was tarnished a little bit. For a while, those Sixers were absolutely amazing. That year that Kawhi and the Raptors went to the finals, I personally thought it was going to be the Sixers. They were my choice to make it all the way and face off against the Warriors. And that team that had J.J. Redick, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. I don't think they had enough depth to to make it all the way. I think T.J. McConnell is on that team too for any Pacers fans out there listening. But they fell short. That was a year of destiny for those Raptors and for Kawhi Leonard. And because they weren't able to do it, and then the following year the Sixers were eliminated in the first round, Brett Brown sort of has a tarnished reputation. But we forget the fact that, well, one, he was under... Greg Popovich for eight years in San Antonio, won a bunch of titles, and then was the head coach through the uprising of the 76ers to relevancy. They won fewer than 30 games in his first three years and then made that jump in 2017, 2018, won 52 games, 51 the following year, and then 43 in 2019, 2020 before he was let go. And now Doc Rivers is the head coach in Philadelphia. And to be quite honest, I highly doubt 
that with Brett Brown as the head coach for the Sixers, that they would have gotten eliminated before they did this year because they were upset by the, by the Hawks. And who knows, with Brett Brown at the helm, maybe they would have gone to the Eastern Conference Finals. And who knows, maybe they'd be in the Finals net right now. And, you know, you you got to factor in health. you got to factor in what the frick Ben Simmons was doing in the, in the playoffs. But anyway, Brown, he's got a overall record of 221 and 344. Those first three years really, really hurt him. But I like the experience under Greg Popovich. And then there's Mike Brown, who's currently the head coach of Nigeria. They're doing amazing right now, and he's been a big part of that, that sort of run-and-gun offense that ultimately beat Team USA to start things off in exhibition play, which was a little embarrassing, but what he's got them doing is believing right now. Now, prior to his tenure as the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Los Angeles Lakers, Brown was an assistant in Washington, in San Antonio as well with Greg Popovich in Indiana. Coached those Cavaliers with LeBron. Coached the Lakers to a 41-25 record through 66 games in 2011-2012. Coached very briefly to start things off in 2012-2013 and then rejoined the Cavs in 2013-2014. Since then, he's been an assistant with the Golden State Warriors. I believe he's the lead assistant, and he's been great. If you can poach him, if you can bring him on your staff, a former NBA head coach who is doing great things with the Nigeria offense, that's awesome. And and speaking of offense, I don't know how some of y'all are going to feel about what I am about to say, but I've said this on Pelicans Plus as well. I think it would be pretty freaking interesting to bring in Mike D'Antoni from that Brooklyn Nets squad where he is an assistant there. Take him from Steve Nash's team and bring him in to be the lead assistant for the Pelicans, where Willie Green can lead the defense and D'Antoni can lead the offense. Now, I don't know how that would go. I don't know how the dynamic would be between these two coaches, but I think D'Antoni, as far as I know, is more or less a player's coach. We know the seven seconds offense that he had with Phoenix. He then coached in New York, coached with the Lakers, coached in Houston, and now is an assistant in Brooklyn. Now, he will be turning 70 here soon. So whether he wants to do something like this, whether he wants to uproot his life and move out of Brooklyn and move for the third time in three years, well, second time and be with his third team in three years, I guess, (laughs) that is up for debate. His record overall as an NBA head coach, 672 and 527. He's coached almost 1,200 games as a head coach. This is a guy who knows what he's doing. This is a guy who's been around the league. He hasn't won a title yet, and that might deter some people, but he's done a lot throughout his career in the NBA. And I think the pairing of his offensive genius and the defensive genius of Willie Green, of which we've seen as of late, I think that's the fit. Now, Dave Jorger, he's got way more coaching experience as a head coach than I thought, so my mistake there as I'm looking at it here, he was an assistant with Memphis from 2007 to 2013, also was the head coach from 2013 to 2016, where he had three winning seasons above 500. 50 and 32, 55 and 27, and 42 and 40. And then 2016, 2017, he went over to Sacramento. 
had three losing seasons in a row, but nobody wins in Sacramento. And in 2018-2019, he went 39-43, and 43, nearly reaching that 500 mark. And then this last year, he was on staff with the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, he's got an overall record of 245 and 247. There are a lot of mixed opinions about Jorger. I don't know a whole lot about what he's done in the NBA, but I would definitely prefer somebody else because there are some rumors that I've seen about his personality not being able to get along with some other coaches. Now, as we wind things down, I know Jake wanted to keep it close to his normal time frame, and I definitely usually go a little bit longer than that. I'll add in these few names for you to do a little bit of research on. Will Weaver, who was a candidate last year for the Pelicans job. Sam Cassell, who I think should have been a candidate for a lot of head coaching jobs, and he can do a lot for the point guard position in New Orleans. Wes Unseld, who's more of a defensive-minded coach, but he's in the running for the Washington Wizards job. And then Jordy Fernandez, who is an up-and-coming coach. Soon enough, there's a lot of people that believe he will be an NBA head coach. He's with the Boston Celtics, or at least was with the Boston Celtics. I'm not sure if he's rejoining with Ime Udoka. Lastly, folks, thanks so much for listening today. Once again, I am guest host Elliot Clough at Elliot Clough on Twitter. I host the Pelicans Plus podcast. If you want to give that a look or a listen, we're on YouTube as well. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's pod. I am happy that Jake chose me to do one of these. Jake's an awesome guy. Keep listening to this podcast as well. He does excellent work. Have a great day, guys.